Hello, everybody. I'm Jacob De Toni, and this is the FDI podcast. Today, I'm here with Ed Ratcliffe, Head of Research and Advisory at the Asia House in London, to discuss about Indonesia and its FDI outlook. Welcome, Ed. Thank you very much. President Joko Widodo, widely known as Jokowi, has just secured another five-year term in April 17 elections. So, Ed, what does this mean for, uh, for investors? Yeah, well, look, I think um, Jokowi would have been, let's say, the international investor's favorite out of the, the two presidential, uh, the people running for the presidential campaign. Um, I think people have seen Jokowi's first term, where he certainly attempted to make reform towards a better environment for FDI, um, with, you know, some successes. Um, but overall, I think they, you know, international investors would see in Jokowi a slightly more rational, more predictable perhaps more international uh, president than, um, than Proboa. Um, I think also that, uh, you know, you mentioned obviously this is Jokowi's second term. So I would see from Jokowi uh, him, you know, sort of gloves off moment in terms of him really sort of embracing uh, the reforms that need to happen in Indonesia. I think it's been talked about uh, by other people as sort of a, a golden moment for Indonesia now. And uh, this is perhaps the moment for Indonesia to, to reach its potential. What do you expect to be on his priority list in terms of reforms? Sure. Yeah. So, like, I think looking at uh, Jokowi's first term, um, as I mentioned, you know, there were some successes. Uh, things around the online uh, single submission system, which is kind of sounds like a boring business Related but thing, it, but actually, it does really matter in terms of foreign investors coming in, uh, in terms of all the licenses and certificates that uh, that are needed to, to do business in Indonesia. Uh, that system has recently had an upgrade as well, um, crucially, so it is sort of working a bit better than it was. There was some complaints around how it was working. Um, and, uh, you know, also, Jokowi, I mean, you mentioned, I think, also the negative list, uh, which was in, uh, you know, 2016. So um, part of that in terms of just opening the country up a little bit to, to greater F, FDI. Um, in terms of what he really needs to address, I think there's a few key things. So the labor market, uh, education, and upskilling the country overall. Indonesia has very good demographics, and you know there is a potential in Indonesia for a demographic, uh, demographic dividend. But uh, if these people are not being educated and, and, and skilled appropriately to take on the sort of jobs that, that uh, Indonesia needs to develop in order to develop its GDP growth, um, then, then it's, uh, that dividend is going to be lost. Another area would be healthcare, which I think Jokowi has mentioned a couple of times. Um, and overall, I think you know, there is potentially uh, quite a lot of room for further reform in terms of openness to FDI. So maybe there will be revisiting the, uh, the negative list in the, in the second term. It's a, it's a, in a way, it's no secret that, that uh, foreign investors see Indonesia as a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, uh, Indonesia remains a heavily restricted uh, economy to foreign uh, investment. I was looking, uh, I was going through the, the, recent, uh, the latest numbers of the OECD, and Indonesia in 2018 is uh, considered uh, amongst the OECD countries the yeah. most restricted. Uh, to 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 for investments for investment for its uh, regulatory framework. Sure. So, do you believe there is a sort of a mismatch between uh, uh, expectations and the real capacity of Indonesia to absorb, uh, uh, and maybe also the real willingness of Indonesia to absorb FDI? Yeah. Well, look, I think I think like I said, Jokowi, it's 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 gloves off. So I think he will definitely attempt this. But uh, Indonesian leaders 
face sort of uh, you know significant vested interests within the system. Um, the way that Indonesian politics is done, uh, you know, you have to sort of create these. Um, well, Jokowi's got a coalition with five parties, which is fairly fairly usual for for the Indonesian system. So there's lots of politics to be done. There's going to be lots of horse trading in terms of who gets various ministry portfolios over the next few months before the government comes in in October. So you've got that kind of whole political thing to deal with. Um, there's you know the tycoons in Indonesia also very important and may resist reform in areas uh, where they have significant financial interests. Um, so yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. Um, I think in terms of whether the Jokowi has the capacity to do it, uh, he does have um, you know a, a, a larger majority I think now in in uh, in the the House of Representatives and. Um, you know, he has the, the potential to, to really do things. I think he, he showed in his first term, you know, there were things around uh, like the reform of fuel subsidies, which he did quite early in his first term, right. where he showed that he was able to do this and take fairly significant political decisions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, you, you mentioned the negative list, and this is part of the role uh, restrictions uh, to, 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 to foreign investment in the country. Um, do, you expect, do you expect the foreign list to be further liberalized in a way? Um, i think, I mean, what was it? It was sort of beginning of 2016, I think, when it was last uh, looked at in, in, in great detail. Um, yes, I mean, I would expect it to be uh, considered, and I think there will probably be significant lobbying from, um, you know, countries and, and firms to, to have this moved along. Yeah. Actually, I had a chance to, to ask the same question to... to the Minister of National Development Planning, Bam Bam Brojenegoro. Yeah. And this is what he told me about this. So let, uh, I'm curious to see your reaction to this. I'm not maybe buying the idea of so-called liberalizing the invest, I mean, FDI because the problem with uh, FDI in Indonesia is not about whether it's liberal or not. It's because of ourselves sometimes constraining too much. The FDI coming to Indonesia, not from the philosophical way, but more from procedural way. That's why improving investment climate, in like for example, improving the ranking of ease of doing business, building a lot of infrastructure will be higher priority than just you know uh, changing the list of the or the sector of investment. So what, what, what Mr. Minister Brojenegoro yeah. seems to be suggesting is that it's more important, at least for him, but he is a prominent member of the cabinet of uh, President Jokowi, it's more important for him to, to, to improve the, the overall uh, business and investment climate rather than uh, just changing uh, or opening up the negative list. I think all governments uh, have a toolbox available to them in terms of the sort of things that they can use in order to increase foreign investment. Um, Indonesia, I mean, if you look at infrastructure, um, Indonesia, I think, has huge plans for infrastructure development. I think between now and 2024, they want to spend you know, more than $400 billion on infrastructure. Um, they're planning, I think, to fund this like 40% by uh, the government, 25% through state-owned enterprises. And I think there are issues around Uh, reliance on state-owned enterprises in terms of funding this, um, and, and the rest will be from, from going to the private sector. Um, I think that was also the plan during the first uh, Jokowi term. Um, I, don't think that, uh, I don't think that their expectations about private sector investment in the infrastructure sector were, were met. Um, but I mean, in terms, of, in terms of whether one thing is better than another, 
it really depends on what sector you're in. If you're if you're an investor looking to go into Indonesia and you're not allowed to go into it, or you have to go in in a joint venture or something like this, then that's not going to be good for you. So you'll be looking for for changes there. But obviously, in terms of the overall investment environment, infrastructure is a massive, massive issue with a with a country of Indonesia's size and shape. You know, seventeen thousand islands. Um, and uh, upskilling uh, is also really important. I think there was something really quite interesting that Sri Mulyani, the finance minister, said um, in, in sort of response to the perhaps slightly breathless way that people talk about Indonesia. Oh, look, you know, so 300 million people and, uh, uh, you know, such great resources and, and all this sort of stuff. But she, you know, quite correctly focused on uh, the fact that Indonesia needs to increase things like productivity right. and, and that actually just being a large country with forests and uh, mineral wealth and people is not enough really to, to, to grow per capita GDP, which I think Jacoby so, has also talked about. So do you believe that foreign investment uh, in this particular field, this is where foreign investment can be beneficial to the overall development of the Indonesian economy, increasing the, the, incre- the, the, pro- the prog- productivity leap in a way that the country uh, is facing? In infrastructure. In infrastructure. For sure. I mean, I think it's absolutely crucial. Uh, and I think they've they've identified that, and and which is why that they talk very often about infrastructure, and they have massive plans for infrastructure. But look, there's a lot of issues around it. I mean, they talked about the financing issues. Um, previously, I think Indonesia had looked to China to, to to help finance some some of this. That is extremely politically sensitive. Uh, I mean, globally, but in Indonesia for other reasons as well. So. Um, you know, in the, they, they should, uh, you know, work out their strategy in terms of how they're going to fund this and how they're going to develop it. Where else do you need the uh, uh, scope and uh, room for, uh, for investment uh, across uh, the, Indone- the Indonesian economy? Um, as I mentioned, education, upskilling, I think, is, is really important. So I think there's a potentially a role for, uh, for foreign investors to play there. Um, I know less about the sector, but Jacoby has mentioned healthcare and uh, healthcare insurance um, reform. Um, uh, you know, in order to, to to grow that space as well, and obviously that has huge implications for uh, poverty reduction and uh, human development, which you know then has growth dividends as well, but in its own way. Uh, the very final uh, question: um, a comment, brief comment on this. Uh magnificent in a way project to move the capital away from uh, Jakarta yeah. uh, a $33 billion investment they don't know the location yet but apparently there is a preference for a location outside uh, Jaffa it's not an official it's not it is in the agenda the assessment of the project but it's not an official project yet do you believe uh, it will actually move forward um, well like I mean in terms of like whether it should I guess anyone that has spent uh, time in Indonesia, spending two hours in a taxi going in one direction, only to realize that you then have to turn around in order to go the right direction to get to the airport, right. will probably sympathize with the overall plans to, uh, you know, build the, the, the sort of another administrative capital. So I think in terms of the logistical elements, it, it kind of makes sense. Um, but you look at, I guess, around the world, other uh, places where they've built capitals outside of the, uh, the, the economic capital, uh, Myanmar being a prime example, uh, doesn't always uh, pay off. And these things can take a very, very long time to A, build, and then B, build that sort of community and ecosystem that is necessary for it to really take off. Plus, I mean, $33 billion is a lot of money. It is. It is. Uh, Ratcliffe, 
Head of Research and Advisory at Asia House in London. Where can our listeners follow your, your work, your research, yeah. your, your writings about Indonesia and Southeast Asia? Absolutely. So, yeah, we, we put a lot of stuff up on our website, asiahouse.org. Uh, we also have a Twitter feed. Um, and uh, we do a lot of conferences. So we do a lot of events at Asia House, um, uh, some of which are, uh, uh, are, are available. And we also do conferences in the region. We are doing something in Singapore on, uh, in November this year and something else in, in Hong Kong as well. So everybody, please follow the Asia House here in London and at Radcliffe. Thank you very much for being with us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can follow our coverage of Southeast Asia and Indonesia on our website, fdiintelligence.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.